Oh, boy, man. My friend Sarah and I, we haven't talked in, gosh, four or five months, basically. So we sat down. Well, she sat down at her place. I sat down here where I am. And we talked about hiking. She's a big hiker. She's got big goals. She's going to conquer them. I know it. We talked a lot about hiking. And then eventually we got into, she asked a really, really insightful question. And we got into a potential new concept for this podcast. Can't wait to talk about it with you. This episode, Out of the Hat. Hello. Hey, Joseph. Oh, how are you? <laughs> I am doing well. How ah, are you? That laugh. <laughs> I am good. Uh, good. So, have you listened to any of my episodes? I suspect you have not, which is totally fine. Am I going to be classified as the bad friend if my answer is no, I have not? You're the bad friend no matter what you say. Oh, well, then, yeah. No, sorry, I haven't. <laughs> no, see, don't say sorry. I, I, <laughs> I didn't think you had your... Yeah, come on. Um, so the first thing I want to know is how the heck was Ikea the other day? I know you took a trip through the, uh, the endless maze. So Ikea is, is the gift that keeps on giving. Um, so we went to Ikea last weekend, uh, Jason and his daughter Gabby and I to get her some furniture for her uh, apartment for her junior year at ASU. And then it's been sitting in boxes, all nicely flat packed as it comes um, in my dining room for the last week. And then today we finally put it together What'd um, you get? and realized that we need some extra stuff. So there's going to be a second trip, which is the gift that is, is never ending. Um, but yeah, so we got her a couple of bookcases um, that we're actually going to like put back to back with each other. Um, they're like short bookcases uh, to use as a bed frame with uh, some extra storage in it. So it's kind of fun. I get a little project out of it. We're attaching them together. So it's all like, I don't know, safe or something. Apparently that's a big concern for parents that their child doesn't fall off of their bed. Um, but yeah, hmm. so Ikea was good. It's always a little crazy. So the first thing I was going to talk to you about before you know, I hit you up way late. Was that a week ago or two weeks ago? Uh, it was like a week ago, I think. And like, I was all set to go, and then I was in here getting set to record, and I bumped into someone, and they pulled me in, and we had to have a work conversation. Um, yeah, and it was you know, usually, you know, you're the one who's running late, and I'm the punctual one, and <laughs> then I became the bad friend. Um, but I had jotted down... And I don't, I'm, since it's me, you'll probably think it's weird, which I'm totally fine with. Like, memorizing numbers. Like, you're like, where the hell is he going with this? Like, do you realize yeah, that I have your phone number memorized? Really? Yeah. I barely have my own phone number memorized. Yeah, I have, uh, I have your ex's <laughs> phone number still stuck in my head, too, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm, uh... I know at least hear that. I know at least the first six digits of it. I'll look it up here and see. I'm <laughs> almost funny. positive. Uh, yep. Nope. I have it memorized. Um, that's his number, and I I remembered yours. Didn't have to look it up in my phone. There are like 
random other people, like if there's people that I call all the time for talk shows, I just have their numbers memorized. Um, but like, do you have any phone numbers memorized at all other than like 911? <laughs> yeah, I, I generally remember 911, although frankly, I don't use it often. Um, no, it's funny you say that. I think it really, to me, I'd say it has to do with what you do for a living, where you use an actual like telephone with, with buttons you have to dial, not just like people's names on a list. Um, I, I can't remember the last time I typed in someone's number on my phone pad to actually call them. So, no, I, I could probably tell you everyone's email address. Um, I can tell you a lot of other personal identifying information, but there is no way you remember my email address. Do you want me to say it out loud or, um, (laughs) uh, sure. uh, Go for it. If some (laughs) random people email me, I'm curious to see. So not only that, so here's the test. Like a, I want you to say my email. I mean, you're going to go with the hotmail address, right? You're not going to go with like my work address. Oh, no, you like your okay. personal one. Yeah, sure. That's fine. So uh, you are free to give out. Uh, I have two of them. Only do whichever one is in your head. And um, the first person who emails me, I will send you a Papau T-shirt because I have a stack of them. So go right ahead. Give out my email address. Go. I, oh, now I feel like there's a lot of pressure. I think it has the <laughs> and jackal, you, if, and I'm going to go with a number that's probably 49. No, you're wrong. <laughs> Man, I thought I was close. All right. Mm, boy. You know, see, once again, <laughs> proof you're a bad no friend. No one gets a t-shirt. Sorry, guys. Nope, no t-shirts. So you just said something, though, that made me realize, like, you said you haven't called 911 very often. When's the last time you did call 911? Um, actually, I'm not sure I've ever called 911. I've called it. Sorry, I'm, I've been with I'm people who had mid-podcast. to call nine one one. Love it. It's lunchtime. Of you, host. I'm. It's my podcast. <laughs> I make the rules. If you want to eat too, you can do it. Do whatever you want. Oh, I'm drinking a beer. Does that count? Is that? Am I allowed to do that? What do you mean? Are you allowed to do that? Of course. <laughs> um, yeah. If no, you want to go get in the pool, you can do that. I'm cool with that. Oh no, I just came in from the pool. We're good. Had to get my sunshine time in. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get back to that, but full-time jobs, they, they really cut down on the pool time. Now we'll um, talk about that too. 911 right now, we're focused on people and their emergencies. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think I've ever actually called 911. I've been hiking a few times where I've come across a group of people who had a problem and who, you know, had called 911 and I sat there and, and waited with them for emergency help to arrive. But I don't know that I've actually personally ever called 911. So I got yelled at the last time I did call 911 because so there was this dog that was loose on the freeway. Okay. And people had stopped to try to wrangle the dog that was running in and out of traffic. <laughs> and I I called 911 and I told them I was like, "Hey, you know, I'm stopped. There's this loose dog that's running around. You know, somebody's going to get hit. The dog's going to get, you know, mashed and they're like, if it's not a person, you're not supposed to you're not supposed to stop. <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, you know, I get it. It's not like I care about the dog more than the people, but I'm telling you, the dog is running in and out of traffic on the 51 and we're going to have a problem here." So, this person and I were actually able to wrangle the dog, but uh, apparently I was a terrible person because I 
I pulled off on the side of the highway and helped this person that was already running around on the highway. And how dare I call 911 to make sure that they don't get hit by a car? You know, I think that's the really interesting thing that we as a country, we're super good at teaching kids the concept of 911. Yeah. But we don't ever teach them, like, how do you contact emergency personnel if it's not, like, an emergency? Like, how do you call the fire department if it's not an emergency fire? Or how do you call the police department if you just have a question? What is a non-emergency um, fire? I'd like to get into that, too. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like there are probably so, circumstances like, hey, there's a, a fire caused by lightning out in the superstition, which so see, just happened recently. Like, I don't know if that's, like, a 911 thing or, like... yeah. I don't know, just a, a county fire department thing. Well, I have called the, now I'm going to be labeled a Karen for this, but <laughs> I have uh, I have called the non-emergency 911 number a couple times, like honestly only two in my life. Um, one time it was to, uh, maybe three times, uh, twice to report homeless people and not just being homeless. Like, hey, if you're down on your luck and you're hanging out in a park, I'm cool with that. But when you start collecting shopping carts and setting up shop in the park, I'm not cool with that. So I've called the 911 number on that before. And then behind my gym years ago, uh, similar was going on. And it was not just like two or three shopping carts. No, it was an encampment of homeless people setting up shop. And I just let the cops know, like, hey, uh, they've uh, decided this is their new home away from, you know, well, they're homeless. So this is their new home. Um, I called on that. And then one time I called it on not my neighbors on either side of me, but I have neighbors behind me. And they had this damn party going on at like 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> Hey, they were loud and annoying, and we've got noise ordinances, and I dialed, but I don't. All right, Karen. I do not. I just told you I'm not a Karen, but yes, you did label me one, so thank you. Um, I don't have the non-emergency number memorized, but I looked it up and dialed. Yeah, and I wonder, I think I have heard this, you can fact check me on this one, I might be wrong, but mm -hmm. I think I've heard that there are other countries that actually have like a, like a shortcut number that, you know, the, I don't know if it's like 611 or 711 or whatever their equivalent is, but they have a, a non-emergency thing that kids memorize earlier on in their life like we do with 911. So I'm always curious why we, we don't teach kids uh, you know, an alternative for like not crying wolf to 911 if it's not truly an emergency. Well, and I also some police cars actually have like a number that I think you can text on their car, but we just don't publicize it. Yeah. Yeah. No, we'd we'd That's rather uh, call 911 and freak out. But I think I've only called 911 like like twice in my life. And I don't even remember the other. I'm. Uh, I got in a car accident one time and I called and I, my parents always told me, they're like, yeah, even if it's not an emergency, Joe, just call and tell them it's not an emergency. <laughs> and that's what I they did the other time. They can normally like patch you into the non-emergency number or yeah. something if they need to. That's so, what they did. Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, you mentioned hiking and your, your non-emergency hiking fires. Um, you were crazy in my mind, and you were going to hike something called the Pacific Crest Trail, the PCT, and it's 2,500 miles long. 
And you kind of hit the pause button on that. But the Sarah who I knew in college and after college up until the last few years, um, you'd always be down for like, you know, a five mile hike, maybe even like a seven or eight mile hike. 2,500 miles, though. What the heck got into you? Uh, yeah, I, I've had a lot of people ask me that. Um, I don't know that I have a really great answer for it other than, you know, I think I, I just finally got to a point where career-wise it made sense that I could take some time off. And I I don't know, I just found like a love for hiking that I probably never had, you know, at any other time in my life. Um, I've been hiking a lot since I was a kid, you know, like you said, like three mile hikes as a kid, five mile hikes in college, like short day trip kind of stuff. Um, but probably maybe five or six years ago, really got into more like backpacking and overnight hiking adventures and stuff. And, and really just said like, how many times in your life do you get an opportunity to go do this crazy thing for six months and make it a lifestyle? And was really looking forward to it. Um, like you said, I did put it on pause, unfortunately. Had to, uh, for a few reasons. Mostly, um, COVID kind of changed a lot this year. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of making that decision right before COVID really shut everything down. And But it had already kind of started being a little concerned. There was already, you know, some rumblings within the hiking community about what that would mean for us potentially. Um, and it just, it, it didn't feel like the right time for me. So, yeah, going on a, a 2,500-mile-plus journey, um, I really wanted to be in the right mental space for that to be the right time for me to do that. Um, and this year, unfortunately, wasn't, but I am definitely considering it for a very, very soon future year. I don't, I don't have a plan locked in yet, but soon. So before you're 50, you're definitely going to do that? I would say before I'm 45. Well, I think that's, that's a safe. That's, that's before you're 50. What? I said that's before you're 50. Yeah, yeah, like easily before I'm 50, way before I'm 50. So how does one go from enjoying a three-mile hike to deciding, eh, 2,500 miles, that's cool? <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. So you don't just do 2,500 miles straight. Um, you do sleep every night, in fact. Um, most people break it down into, you know, somewhere between 10 to 20 miles a day. So you're just doing lots and lots of day hikes day after day. Um, you're, not, you're not hiking for forever. Um, but I think for me, I read a ton of books. I watched a ton of videos, and I really just, I thought about it every time I was out on a hike, you know, every hike I would go on, I would try to choose something just a little bit longer. And, you know, I, I love that sweet spot of, you know, a 15, 16 mile day. I feel so accomplished at the end of the day and also so exhausted that I sleep really well. And I just, I really like the idea of being able to continue that day by day as a progression and, and go somewhere that most people can't ever go. Um, so that, I think that's just kind of how I fell in love with the idea of it. And it's a challenge. I mean, I feel like I've challenged myself a lot professionally and mm -hmm. I want to do something now really personally challenging. So I, I whipped out my good friend, the calculator here. Yes. And, uh, 2,500 miles broken down into 15 miles a day is still 167 days, basically. <laughs> so yeah. that's where I would still argue like, 
You say I'm a little bit crazy for running a marathon, which is 26.2 miles, but then it's not like I pick up the next day and do another 10 or 26 miles. I I pack it in for a little while. I mean, 15 miles a day for 166 days, that's like half a year. Um, I'm guessing that takes a toll on the body. Oh, yeah, for sure it does. Um, and that was, you know, that was also kind of part of my consideration getting ready for this was I physically prepared and, and ready to do it. And, um, you know, that's, that's always harder to feel physically ready for something. I'm sure you went through the same thing, getting ready for your marathon. Like you get to the day before race day and you're like, oh my goodness, I did not train nearly enough. I'm going to die tomorrow. And I think everybody has that feeling. I do a lot of half marathons because I can't push myself to do the full marathon distance. It's just boring to me. You could but, do it. Eh, maybe. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's everybody has that like panic moment the night before a race. Um, I think I probably would have weeks of that self-doubt leading up to leaving to go on a six-month hike. But um, I don't know. I, I think you just kind of mentally just put yourself in a space where like, you're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to doubt yourself. You're going to have days that you hate it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's just kind of this common, um, way that people think about it in the hiking community. They say like, never quit on a bad day. Like if you want to quit the trail, cause you get two months in and you're like, this just isn't fun for me or my body hurts and I just am not adjusting to it quit on a good day where you can feel good about it. Don't quit when you're like, it's been pouring down rain and it's 110 degrees and I haven't had water for five miles and I hate everything about this. Yeah. Do it on like day three or four when you miss, uh, you know, watching modern family pack it in. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That's what Um, I would do. (laughs) So it's, it's a big mental game. It's, I agree. You know, huge physical accomplishment, but it's also a big mental game from what I understand. And, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that part of it. Cause that's like a big challenge for me to feel like you're still happy doing what you're doing every it's, day. It's just so funny to me, like to, to touch on one thing and remind me to get to the other here too. Um, with marathons, I would argue, uh, I, I've always felt prepared when I've done either a full or a half. Like the thing for me is like, I just wonder like, gosh, am I going to have to use the damn bathroom? Like, cause that sucks <laughs> because there's always a line. There's not enough of them. Sorry, had to belch, but, um, it's what happens when you eat mid podcast. Um, but, uh, I've always felt prepared. Sometimes I feel like I drink too much water the day before. Um, But in general, I feel like I'm prepared for that. I don't know that there is a way to prepare for 2,500 miles other than just set in and see how it's going and take it day by day. And that would be the thing that, that as a total novice, I would say is you just have to approach it day by day. If you look at it and you say, I'm going to do 2,500 miles, uh, that's going to seem scary and intimidating and you're going to want to pack it in. But if you say, I'm going to do 15 miles today, and 166 days later, you say, I'm going to do 15 miles today, you can get there. It, you just make it part of your routine. You do. And and you start off smaller. You know, a lot of people start their first week, you're maybe doing eight to 12 mile days. And, you know, you're, and you've got all day to do it. That's the thing that, you know, so many people kind of, you have to wrap your head around, like, you have nothing else to do other than walk. You're just walking forward. So, you know, you, you walk for a couple of hours, you take a break, you walk for a couple of hours, you have lunch, you walk for a couple of hours, you take a nap. 
um, you know, that's that's your day. There's nothing else you have to do, you know, in the in the real world, so to speak. You know, we're fitting in some sort of exercise or training for a race in with a job and visiting mm-hmm. your friends and going to the grocery store and mowing the grass and all of those like things you have to do in life. And when you're on a through hike, like that, that's just the only thing you have to do. And so you get to really spread it out throughout the day and enjoy it and embrace that and, you know, have some hard miles and then take a break um, and build up as you go and, and go with those early days being slower and bigger breaks. And, and by the end, you know, a lot of people do a 30 mile day where, you know, you're up before sunrise and you're hiking through the day and, you know, it gets dark and you finish up or you maybe do a little night hiking. And that's, that's just where you're at and you're able to do it because you've worked up to it so hard. So, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to picture like even with myself, it's hard to picture my body feeling like good enough to do 30 miles in a day, yeah. day after day after day. Well, I, um, I think you, know, you could and get I can there. only cross my fingers and hope I'll get to that point. Um, a lot of people realize that that's not for them, you know, a couple miles or a couple months in. Um, so you never know, but I'm really looking forward to it. So I do, as it is now, eight miles a day, six days a week. And... And it doesn't feel so bad. I had a little shin issue for a while, but I think I could get up to 15 miles every day. The difference is is that it's hiking. It's not like you're just strolling down the sidewalk. Yeah, there's a lot of elevation on certain parts of the PCT. Um, You know, the desert section is the first 700 miles or so. And, you know, people that don't live in Arizona or Southern California often find that the desert section is just brutal because you're not used to the heat and the sun and the sand and, you know, and everything that comes with that. Um, I, that's the part I'm honestly looking forward to the most. I, I hike well in the desert. I love living here. You know, you've always laughed at me. Like I get cold easily and I'm the one wearing a sweatshirt when it's like, 62 outside. Um, Let's so be honest, I'm, I'm more like 92, not 62. <laughs> it could be 92. I might still wear a jacket. That's true. Um, so the desert is notoriously pretty flat. A lot of elevation changes, but kind of more rolling hills. And then you get into um, the Sierra Nevada section that is really mountainous. And you get to like Mount Whitney. Um, it's kind of an offshoot off of the PCT. That's the highest um mountain in the continental United States. And so you get some like really, really big peaks, some really sketchy traverses where you're going through and it's still snowing um, or snowy in, you know, June ish. Uh, And that's a part that I, I really don't have a way to prepare for living in Phoenix. Um, So that part will be very different for me compared to a lot of people who do it coming down from the Pacific Northwest who are more used to weather in that sense or, you know, a lot of the um, people who hike the PCT, they're coming from foreign countries where they have bigger snowy mountains and they're just used to it. Um, so it's really interesting how you can meet up with people and, and hike with people who have totally different hiking backgrounds and who have, you know, some strong suits here and some strong suits there. And, and a lot of people form what they call tramelies or trail family um, to be able to hike with people who can kind of help give you advice and, and support throughout the parts that you're maybe not as good at. Um, and then, you know, vice versa, you can lend that to them on the parts that you are more experienced with. Yeah. And I think my, my biggest fear for you is 
I lived with you for a while, and I just remember you'd sit there and say, why do you laugh? Why do you laugh? <laughs> You're not going to explain why you laugh? No, it was, it was the way you said it. Like, I lived with you for a while. You were a pain in the ass to live with. No! Let me tell you how. No, that's how, you, that's how bad Sarah <laughs> processed it. That's not how nice Joseph <laughs> delivered it. All um, right, all right. And we'll get into that more here, too, but, like... I just remember you would sit there some days and you'd say, like, I'm bored. And it's like, yeah. well, yeah. I, I can't imagine there's going to be an amusement park on day 32 of the PCT. I'm guessing you're probably going to get bored. Yeah, you know, I am. That's fair. I am notorious for saying I'm bored. I think I literally said it like an hour ago. See? Um, it, it's kind of my thing. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I think actually going back to your first question of like, how did I come up with this crazy plan? Like, I really don't get bored that way when I'm hiking. It's just a really different mental experience for me. So, you know, there'll be days where for sure you're on, you know, a long, flat, boring, straight stretch of trail for seven miles. And like, yeah, I 100% I'll be the one who's like, okay, do I have internet? Can I call someone and like talk to them while I walk through this boring section? Um, that'll, that'll for sure be me, but, um, I am more likely to be bored in everyday life in my house. Even Mm -hmm. if I have all the, the TVs and the internet and the contraptions and the people and everything else around me. Um, I don't know. I can't really explain it. I just, I don't feel that way on trail. That's Um, interesting. Like, and what, like what scares me the most, if I was to ever try to do anything like this is the part that seems to excite you the most and like the the tramelies that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt if I was out there doing this that I would link up with like Hobo Bill, the serial killer <laughs> across the PCT, and that he would like knife me in my sleep or something. Uh, it's not that I don't trust people. I just, uh, I, I just, uh, perhaps I'm a bad judge of character at times, but or perhaps I just wind up in crappy situations. But I have no doubt that I would meet the one loony person on the PCT and that I wouldn't be able to shake them. And what the heck do you do then? Yeah, I mean, it happens every year that you hear, you know, a story or two about like a person that's on trail that's just kind of making people uncomfortable or causing a ruckus. But out of the what is normally, you know, a few thousand people who hike uh, through hike throughout the PCT throughout the year, I mean, one or two, the chances that you come across that person are pretty slim. Um, I encounter way more sketchy situations on my daily basis um, in Phoenix than I think I feel like I will on the trail. But, you know, certainly as as a female, um, there's a ton of precautions that you think about or that you take or just being so much more aware of your surroundings and being willing to be like, it's cool. Like, I'm just going to take a day off, even if I hadn't planned on it. Like, I'm going to take a day off and let this person that I'm not feeling comfortable around get 20 miles ahead of me or like, Hey, I'm going to bust ass and like run down this trail for the next six miles to get a day ahead of them. Um, and it happens and you just have to kind of, you know, find some people that you can surround yourself with that will, will help surround you on that decision, whether it's going really fast or taking a day off and just separating yourself from an awkward situation. And, you know, I do, it's going to happen, but you never, you never know till you get there, I guess. Fair enough, I guess. Gosh, this, this feels like an interview, and I didn't want it to feel like an interview. 
There, see, that's better. Now you gave that that laugh that I like. So now it doesn't feel like an interview anymore. Like, does it feel like an interview to you? It's just us hanging out, chatting. We're just different places. You can't places. drink beers in interviews. So no, this is totally not an interview. Good. It better not be. Like, we're done talking about the hiking stuff. I, I'm, okay. I've satisfied my, my brain with the hiking. I'm good. Um, One more thing. Oh You're my! You're gonna come out and meet me on trail. Like by I the am? time I get to see, do you I don't hike know, through like Vegas? Oregon. Oh yeah, you go kind of close to Reno, kind of. Hmm. Hmm. I've never been to kinda? Reno. Uh, Reno's like a little not as nice Vegas. I would, you know what? I would show up anywhere for you. You know that. So yeah, I'm gonna hold you to that. Uh, when I finally get on trail, I'll find a cool spot. You can come up for a day. Just hike with me for one day, it and you'll fall in love with it. It doesn't need to be a cool spot, but I I am not a hiker like you, so uh, I don't know about. I mean, uh, I would never invite you to like to Hatchapi. That's like windmills and and a hundred degree weather. Like you'll hate it. So I got to find a good spot that I think like will convert you into a, an appreciation for hiking that I have. No, you really just need to find a spot for me that has somewhere where I'm not uncomfortable taking a dump. That's, that's really all I care about. Like, uh, there you go. Like it's, uh, that's the worst thing to me about like running is like when you got to go to the bathroom and like, there's nowhere around. Like the nice thing about Phoenix is at least there's back alleys. You can kind of hide and do your thing. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I mean, so in this case, I mean, there's there's trees, there's bushes, there's. I don't. know. It's funny that you bring up the the pooping thing. I feel like it becomes the thing. Why is that, that funny? I have a chronic illness. Like it, it happens. No, no, no. Okay, it's not funny that way. But it's funny that in normal life, most people don't really talk about that part of their life very That's often. That's the part that um, I would think about a lot. But as you bring up running or hiking or mostly sports of any kind, like everyone is so much more freely talking about those parts of life. And it, it's so interesting to me how, you know, I, I would very rarely have a conversation with my parents about pooping, but my hiking friends, like it comes up yeah. eight times a, a conversation. So uh, it's really funny to bring it up, but yeah, I mean, how, think about it. Like how many times do you get to like take your, your morning break and do your thing on the top of a mountain, like looking out at this like amazing scenery you know, now you do if you're hiking. Otherwise, you're in some, like, weird gas station bathroom on, the, like, the QT on the corner at 19th Ave, and no one wants that. There's nothing wrong with the QT at 19th Ave. <laughs> I, you know, I used to live right there. Sorry, that's, I totally that's wonderful. QT under the bus. <laughs> no, I, uh, look, that bathroom is probably the uh, the most luxur- luxurious place you'll stop along the trail. Uh, could be, could be. There are plenty of people, you also hear stories about people actually, like, camping out for the night during bad storms, like, in the outhouses along the trails, because that's, oh, that's, like, nice. the best way to get out of weather and and really bad, you know, wind and, and storms and stuff. So, you know, it's kind of a rite of passage. At some point, like, you spend a night camping in an outhouse, and hmm. you just do it. Oh. So, makes for good stories. <laughs> you really hooked me there with, hey, hey yeah, you can camp in an outhouse. Yeah. Um. So what I want to know about, I've got other crap jotted down here that we can talk about. Like, so obviously, you know, COVID has kind of changed the whole world. Like you haven't seen me since, you know, March for sure. And I'm back to work and all the dang time. And I would hang out and see you somewhere, but I have not eaten in a restaurant since early March. Um, I'm still not there. Are, Are there, you know, things that you, obviously you can pick up the phone and call me anytime, but... 
Is there crap that you would like to bring up right now that you would like to just chat about? That's what this <laughs> podcast is all about. We just chat. We hang out. No, honestly, like I miss actually seeing people in person so much. Um, you know, and, and in fairness, we didn't hang out a ton um, pre-COVID. Like we're both really busy and, and it's sometimes hard to find time to get together and hang out. But I'm kind of a hermit. Maybe the idea too. that you could. You are you are kind of a hermit. You keep some weird hours. Um you, know, you make things challenging to hang out with you. But I miss the idea that we theoretically could hang out. Like that's the part that like is so annoying to me about COVID and, and everything happening. Um but at the same time I kind of feel like it's it's our responsibility to like kind of all be hermits right now. And we don't love it. I, you know, especially in my household with Jason and, and his daughter, Gabby has been living with us. And so it's like three of us in the house and, you know, you kind of get tired of seeing the same three people every day. But, um, if we could all just stay at home and do that for a few weeks, we'd probably all be better off. But, uh, no, I really, I just miss hanging out. Sorry. I took a big bite of sandwich. <laughs> Do you um, keep talking while you chew? No, 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 no. I'm going to talk while <laughs> chewing. It's fine. I, I mean, I could throw you on a Zoom right now if it would make you happy to see me. But uh, I, I know it's not the same as the in-person. Nah, it's not the same. You know, it's funny you said Zoom. Like, I feel like the first few weeks of COVID, and we're all in our stay-at-home orders, and everyone is like, oh, we'll have a Zoom happy hour, all of us together. And I don't know about your, like, group of people that it's you It's not really for me, see, no. But- Mm-mm. We did that for maybe three weeks before we're all like, okay, that's, this is just ridiculous. Like we feel weird zooming with our friends. Like zoom is a thing you do with work colleagues and like meetings and stuff. Zoom is not for hanging out with your friends. Um, so well, yeah, no, the whole like, Oh, let's do cute happy hours. Like just never worked for me. Here's the other thing. You know that I am a bit of a weirdo. Like it's not like I love this time cause I think it's been tough on everybody. But I have I have certainly adapted to it, and I think it's more like kind of my daily life than most others because, in general, mm-hmm. I wouldn't go to bars. Like, in general, I would maybe hang out and see one or two friends. Like, I'm social. It's not like I'm like, okay, um, I will come out of my hole and I will, you know, see one person this year. Like, I just prefer small groups, naturally. Like, I'm an only child— I've never been like, like if I go to a party, I much rather sit there and observe everybody else or find one person to talk to as opposed to like socialize with everyone. It's not that I think they're bad people. I just I like to, you know, kind of hang out and observe. Like when I go to Vegas, I love to walk the strip and see what everybody's up to. Um, For people who are the most social, the pandemic has been the toughest, in my opinion, because they they either are in my opinion, living their life irresponsibly right now if they did it Mm -hmm. the same way, or they have had to adapt and live it much, you know, much more, oh gosh, what's the word, boring, (laughs) where they really haven't been able to see those people and, and they've had to, you know, take the technology and do the Zoom meetings, but they're not the same at all. And I've never been one to like hop on a Zoom with five or six people. Like, I like this podcast where I can sit down and have conversations with people. And I would love to, you know, sit down in person and do dinner with people. But I admit that, like, with my illness, the medication I take, and the fact that I'm still a little bit overweight, yeah, I'm at an increased risk. And 
I don't want to get sick or risk getting someone else sick. So I just kind of lay low and do my thing, and I have my goals and things I want to work on, and and I'm slowly getting there one step at a time. Yeah, and I think we took kind of like an intermediate approach to it. Like we still, we, we've we been out to restaurants a couple of times to eat in a restaurant, um, Which, but super few and far between. And Well, and it, uh, understand I'm not judging people who go to restaurants. I just, it's not for me right now. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, we're lucky the three of us don't have any underlying conditions. So like I'll admit, like we're super lucky that we don't have to be as worried about it. Um We've gone out a couple times, but not very often and really only when like, okay, like we're going to take one day this week and we're going to really reward ourselves for the last three weeks that we didn't go out anywhere. Um, So it's been kind of fun and at least a way to kind of feel like we're rewarding ourselves for being good humans and like doing what we should be be doing. Um, You mentioned we figured out. Go ahead. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say we figured out pretty early on, like with our my like small group of friends, like we were going to make a little island. And we were all going to basically like quarantine ourselves on our island together so that we could still hang out with a few people, still have that social interaction, but not be, you know, out and about with lots and lots of people where we're increasing our risk dramatically. So we have Jason and myself and two other couples who have been, or three couples who have been kind of like, we call it our island. And like, we're the only people that hang out with each other. Like we don't go hang out with other friends outside of it. Like pretty much everybody's working from home. So it's a really small group that we felt comfortable knowing, like we're all taking it just as seriously as each other. We're all wearing our masks all the time when we're out. We're all super conscious about, you know, cleanliness and and whatever. And so it's been nice to have that little group that you can feel comfortable with. It helps like we also all live within like a mile of each other. So we get to actually see each other still and like do things in person, but in a really small group where, you know, we've all said like, Hey, we're responsible to each other. Like you can't go out and do a bunch of irresponsible stuff. Cause then you can't see everybody again for two weeks. Or you, um, you can, and you just lie nice about it, though. which is what I think a lot of Americans do right now. Yeah. And I guess that's the thing. Like, I, I trust all of my friends and I want my, my friends to trust me enough that we like have been super transparent. If someone needed to go, you know, fly for, uh, to visit their parent cause something happened, they're like, cool, we'll see you in two weeks. Um, and you know, everybody's been really, really open about just like, Oh, I had to go do this and this came up or like, Oh, someone at my office tested positive. So like, I'm not going to come see you guys for two weeks just in case out of an abundance and caution. And, um, so I don't know. It's been nice to have that social interaction, albeit in a very limited sense for my normal circle of people. But um, just to know that everybody that I'm surrounding myself with, like, are taking it as seriously as we are. No, I I like that. I think that's that's good. You know, I've got my my moron roommate who I see pretty much every day, and he's working from home now. So, you know, this podcast gets me away from him for yet another day. Um, <laughs> And I'm back to working at work full time. So I'm away from him during the week, which is nice. And I get to see the people at work who I'm close with, which is good. But, you know, there's a lot of other people who I, you know, they want to hang out with me. And I just tell them, like, hey, I'm I'm just not at that place. And nobody's been, yeah. you know, a dick about it. Everybody's been cool about it, which is good. But I think at this point, you know, we've all kind of hit acceptance and we're all just at the same point kind of like, when is this going to end? Like, is it going to be, you know, are we going to get a vaccine that's, you know, going to end this or, 
you know, are people just going to eventually just kind of get over it? Like, what's the deal? But I think we're we're at that point now where we're we're past like the stir crazy, and we're just kind of like kind of gray with our mood. It's it's not great. It's not awful. It's just kind of like I'm here. I'm ready for another day. Eh. Well, it, it sounds so cliche, so I absolutely hate this phrase, but it's the new normal. It's just what we have to deal with yeah. for some undetermined amount of time. And, you know, depending on who you ask or what news article you read or, you know, maybe a vaccine's coming soon, maybe it's a year, you know, does the vaccine even totally solve this? Probably not. Um, you know, so I think we all just have come to, for the most part, accept that like this is going to be the case for a while. And we just have to find something that can make you not go crazy, yeah. but also keep you safe. And that has to be a personal choice for for everybody. And honestly, like even within my own household, like there are three of us who feel very differently about it and have, you know, at moments kind of gotten on each other's nerves with like, well, how come this was okay to you, but that's not, you know, um, it's, it's really brought out an interesting dynamic <laughs> between people that you think you know really well. Well, I, I could nerd out on the vaccine for a while, but I won't subject you or anyone else to that. But like, yeah, the odds that we come up with a vaccine that's like the measles, mumps, rubella shot that is like, yeah, you only need to get it, you know, twice and then you're good for the rest of your life is very, very thin. If they come out with a vaccine that like the flu shot most year, they say protects roughly 40 to 70 percent of people. And obviously you have to get it every single year for most people. They say that if if they can come up with a vaccine that works on 50 percent, that they would deem that a success, like a rousing success. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's that's the kind of bar that we're dealing with here. And again, it's much more likely it would become a, an every year kind of thing because we're mm -hmm. probably just going to have to deal with this for at least a while. It's unlikely that... We're just going to come up with a, a vaccine. It's far more likely that we're going to say, you know what, we're going to take the risks and deal with it or we're going to bite the bullet and get the vaccine um, because the odds they come up with one that's like, yeah, you only need it once every seven years. Probably not going to happen in the next year or two, maybe five or no. 10 years down the road they get there. And yes, they're working on a lot of different vaccines in a lot of different countries, but uh I don't know about you. I'm not hopping on board the Cuban vaccine, which came out this week, or the Russian one, which came out a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Um, and I, I actually talked to my doctor recently and asked him, like, you know, when a vaccine comes out, like, how quickly would you recommend I go and get it? And he's like, yeah, pretty quickly. Um, so, you know, if the U.S. does come out with one and I hear good things, I'll... I'll give it a go, but uh, I'm I'm not counting on anything for probably at least another six to ten months would be my best guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's kind of what I've heard as well from a lot of people. And, you know, it's interesting that you bring up the idea of like, oh, I wouldn't jump on board a Cuban vaccine or a Russian vaccine or, you know, whatever. And But I think that's such an interesting, like, feeling that we as Americans as a generality sometimes have of like, oh, well, if a vaccine comes out of our country, we trust it more. 
Uh, I, um, I, I don't trust. know that that should be the case. I think I'm I'm pretty skeptical of a lot of stuff that comes out as well, you know, because we are rushing it at this point because everyone, you know, wants it to happen as quickly as possible. All so, right, I'm putting you down for the Russian vaccine. I'll uh, I'll make sure you get that. And uh, there are some smart scientists <laughs> in a lot of countries sure. that we may not trust politically yep. as countries go, but we, you know, you can't deny that those people are really smart scientists too, and. And maybe we find out that they were more highly motivated to to create something faster than the American scientists. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I think we should all keep an open uh, mind about helping each other out on this. And like, it's really interesting to me, like, this is the first time I feel like in our lifetimes that there's really been this worldwide effort toward the same goal for anything. Um, <laughs> and I think that's so, interesting because I, mean, I would argue we don't have... Uh, a worldwide effort, at least not here in the U.S. That, and it's going to be interesting if a country really, because Cuba and Russia say that they have a vaccine. Russia tested theirs on like seventy something people, which just makes me skeptical. And you mentioned politics, and that's the reason I don't trust them. Sure, there's a lot of smart Russians. Like mm-hmm. if Europe or you know if China came up with a vaccine, I would be open to them a lot quicker than Russia or Cuba. But um, uh, I I just, I think it's a ways off. And the, the fear is that, you know, if, if a country comes up with a vaccine, do they hoard it for their own people? Do they, do they export it? Like if it is a place like Cuba that comes up with the best vaccine, how quickly will they be able to make enough doses for, you know, think about it. In the world, we have what? Several billion people. Um, it's not like we're going to be able to get it to everybody overnight. And if you want to get it in the hands of the elderly and those with underlying health conditions, which which is also another funny thing, because like underlying health conditions, I don't think enough Americans realize like the fact that we're largely fatties, how many of them really <laughs> have a underlying health condition in obesity and how bad right. that is trending for them with COVID. But Sure. Keep telling yourself that you don't have an underlying. And I'm not saying you, you're very fit, but there are a lot of Americans who are not. And I was shocked when I saw my doctor, like I've always known, look, I'm overweight. I have weight to lose. How much weight I had to lose to not be medically considered obese still. Like blew oh, my yeah. blew yeah, my that's mind. That's a whole nother conversation about Americans in general and how we uh, are not nearly as healthy as a we think we are or b as other countries are. Um, no. No. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there. Are, I think probably it's safe to say again. Fact check me on this one. Do do the news guy thing. But, yeah, I'm ready. Um, I think it's safe to say like we as a country probably have a much higher percentage of people who are in that you know, have concern category than a lot of other countries going through this. Should have concern. The level here. But a lot of the, a lot of Americans don't recognize that their brain yep. just doesn't click. But yes, should have concern. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But Americans have this like I not we mentality, which is why it's funny. Like some of my friends put on the gram, they'll be like, well, the U.S. is still averaging, you know, 1,200 deaths a week from COVID. And it's like, yeah, that's not just because this, you know, administration has handled it poorly. It's also because we have this I, not we mentality here in this country where we don't trust anyone and we don't work out and we sit on the couch all day. Like, it's not mm-hmm. just the president's fault or the people in power. Like, 
you know, you do have to be responsible. And, you know, perhaps if you put down the potato chips, you might be in a little better you know, state of health than, uh, and I say that as I just ate a sugar cookie, but uh, <laughs> hey, hey, I've lost like 60 hey, pounds. I'm crushing it. Totally so. not judging. No, I know. Not at all. I, I'm willing to call myself out on it. Like I am still technically obese, looking good and obese. Yeah, right here. But, yeah, but like to your point, like that's exactly the point, right? Like that you, you're like, hey, I'm going to live my life how I can. I'm yeah. going to make changes where I can, but I'm also going to recognize like it's a slow process and still going to eat a sugar cookie once in a while, Have to. but I'm going to do what I can also. Yeah. And, you know, and, and forward progress can be slow and, and can be incremental when it comes down to being healthier, but we've all got room for improvement. Where do you think you have room for improvement? Oh, oh, Joseph, you're so cute. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now you have to answer. Um, you know, I, I would say, honestly, like this, this whole COVID quarantine, stay at home, stay away from stuff has actually been really tough on me. I um, not only started a full-time job again, um, but just trying to avoid crowds of people and not knowing how crowded any particular trail or area would be. Like I haven't been hiking or running as much as I did in the, you know, year leading up to March. And so that's been really like the toughest transition for me is figuring out where to find the time and where to go, where it feels comfortable and enjoyable still, where I don't worry about like, well, how many people will I pass? How close will we be on a really small trail? And just just finding the time to fit everything in. Um, so no, I, I I would take the Sarah of twelve months ago any day over the <laughs> physical shape of Sarah today. See, and I've I, I, if you're looking for a good seven and a quarter mile run, I can give you one that is fairly <laughs> near my house that uh, I'm doing. Like I said, dang near every single day, and I don't encounter many people at all. But um, you know, I. I've I've talked a lot on this podcast, and when I get really into it, like I get emotional, so I don't like getting too into it. But no, I want to get down to under 175 pounds, and then when I do that, I've kind of got another goal in mind that would mean I would have to lose over 100 pounds total. Um, and people sit there and they're like, "That's crazy! Like you didn't have 100 pounds to lose." Like I don't know. We're gonna see. But I definitely know that I can get to 175 and uh, and be marathoning. And the the weird thing for me is like how packed the trails got in the weeks after COVID became a big deal. Like, yeah, what do you call me? I'm like an urban runner or something. What urban trails? What is it that I do? Um, we, we went on like you called it like an urban walk one night or something. Yeah, I can't remember what I, I an urban walkabout. I think is yeah. what I called it, maybe. Yeah. Um, um, so like running, I still have great paths to go on because yeah, I can get out there and I can find all the flat spots that you know don't have all the crazy curbs and stuff, and I know how to avoid all the people. But the trails. My friends who do get out and hike are like, man, if I don't go at like four in the morning, there's all these like recreational hikers now who get out <laughs> yeah. there and think they're a badass. The one day every two weeks they decide to do this. Yeah, no, I, I totally felt that. And, you know, I had been hiking pretty much I don't know, probably four or five days a week um, leading up to all of this. And 
you know, I, I have a pretty high tolerance for heat. So I would go in the middle of the day sometimes and, you know, there's almost nobody out there. And then as soon as everyone kind of started this work from home scenario (laughs) and a lot of people for the first few weeks were maybe not working at all. Yeah. It was just hordes of people out here. I'm like, where did you all come from? You know, it was people. And, and my thing, you know, it largely is because I do have a lot of experience hiking. I carry a lot of water. I always carry like a little first aid kit. Like I carry, you know, stuff in case something happens. And I'd see these people out there with like 12 ounces of water, like, like sandals miles from their car wearing some flip flops. I'm yeah. like, what are you doing? Like at some point I'm going to have to rescue you or you're going to have to call someone to come rescue you when something goes wrong. And that's the part where like, I never want to feel like I'm putting someone else in jeopardy that's going to have to help me out like i want to be self-sufficient if i'm out there so look at you being responsible i know right yeah so it was tough to see people in those first few weeks like super glad that they're out there and they're enjoying the amazing trails that we have in the area and like i love to see that that's awesome to see people like be excited about being outside but it's also tough to feel people like aren't really prepared to be out there either and weren't always super receptive to like, Hey, are you sure you don't want a second bottle of water? I have some extra, um, you know, so it's a little bit of both to see like excited that people are really embracing the trail system. And, you know, the more people that like doing it will hopefully make decisions that financially support it and things like that. But at the same time, like, gosh, it's painful to watch people not be prepared and just like meander through like totally unaware of their surroundings. I hear you. I'm right there with you. Like, the best thing for me, and I promise I don't say it to brag, but it's like this transformation that I've been on where there's somebody who came into the station the other day who I, I know him, but we're not we're not friends. He doesn't work here. He kind of, like, just pops in once in a while, and he's like, you've lost a lot of weight. It's like, I can't wait till this crap ends and I, I can hang out with you and you can say like, yeah, you don't look any different or you look really different. <laughs> like, I look forward to that. Like, because yeah. I don't know, like I get up every day and it's like just one day to the next to me. Like, I can tell you this, like, I know I've lost weight because A, the scale doesn't lie when I get on it every few months. Uh, B, I just have so much more energy when I run. Um, yeah. Last year when I was doing it, it was a slog. Work was tough. I was dealing with a lot of really difficult things here. And you know me. I can be pretty stubborn. And I could still gut through a half marathon, but it wasn't pretty. And I just did not have any pickup in me. And now I feel better than I've felt ever in my life. And that's awesome. If I can get, you know, like another 30 to 50 pounds off of me, I I really look forward to maybe doing an ultra marathon one day where I do 100 miles in a day. Um and and I want to make that happen and and maybe I will actually teach myself to swim and uh give your man a run for his money one day in a triathlon, <laughs> but uh you would love that. Well, for now, I still need floaties because open water is not my friend. But uh, one day I would love to make that happen. And I truly feel like better than I've ever felt, which, you know, is exciting to me that uh, if I just keep going on this, uh, we'll we'll see where I get. But uh, 
as long as I don't get hit by a car or anything in the next few months, uh, things are trending well for me. I'm so excited for you, buddy. That's awesome. So I've got a couple more down here that I would love to chat about before you go bye-bye and, you know, sit back out by the pool. But is there anything that that you want to bring up or chat about? Um, hmm, I feel like there's some, there's got to be a good Joe question. I I was unprepared for that. Um, I told you anything is fair game. (laughs) (laughs) Unprepared for this. Do you want me to bring up some more of my stupid crap? And then if you think of something, just throw 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 it in there. I'll, I'll come up with a good question for you. But yeah, throw something at me. What is something about you that I don't know? Because I've known you since you were like 20 years old. I feel like I know a lot about you. I mean, we can get into some of the lovely stories of when we lived together and you'd be, you know, sitting on a couch or sleeping and I would just pull you right off of it and drop you on the ground. And Oh, I had forgotten about that. Yeah, that was kind of a dick thing to do. Yeah, you would generally, sometimes you would (laughs) laugh about it. Sometimes you would get really pissed off in the moment. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I will apologize for that now. It was kind of a dick thing to do. Um, it's funny to me, like, your your lovely ex and you, like, you guys kind of got me into poker. Like, you guys would sit there and watch the World Poker Tour, and I mm-hmm. had just less than no interest in it. And then once I saw, like, oh, this is math and psychology. I'm a loser. I like those things. I nerded it up, <laughs> and and now I definitely like it way more than either of you. Uh, I don't watch a lot of it these days just because I really don't watch much TV, but I still love to play when I can, whether it's online or online or online because I, I don't feel safe that's in like a casino the only option right these now. Days. Well, the casino's open again, and and you mm-hmm. can go, and they basically put you in like a plexiglass bubble. But, oh, really? Uh, uh, a friend told me the other day, they will play seven-handed down at Casino Arizona right now, and there is plexiglass not just between the dealer and you, but also between all of the other players. Um, but I still just—I've heard enough things about casinos right now that, man, would I, A, love to go. Like, there is no place I would rather go right now than Vegas, but there is no place I would rather not be right now than Vegas. Um I just I feel terrible for them that like all the shows are still shut down as far as I know. The buffets largely are not back and the casinos are just a hotbed for germs, but I you know, I want to go and yet I don't at the same time if that makes any sense. No, it it totally does. I think, you know, we're all looking to get out and go do the thing that makes us feel the most like normal again. And, yeah. you know, for me, it's probably on a big backpacking trip. I, I would have a hundred percent said Joe wants to go to Vegas. Yeah, I do. So I, I get it. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I just lay low here, maybe November, December, I'll feel differently and I'll go like, if you do want to go and you feel up to it, I encourage people to go because I feel awful for them that they're a tourist city and they're crushed right now. Um, yeah. But I just know for me it's it's not the right time quite yet, but uh, it will be one day. Yeah. But, but yeah, you, sure. you totally dodged the question like a big cheater, something I don't know about you. Let's go. Yeah, I kind of did. Um so here's a fun fact. Yeah. I watched Hamilton for the first time this morning. Oh, did you? We had you? donuts in Hamilton this morning. Um, so I've officially gotten on the Hamilton bandwagon, at least enough to say I've seen it. Um, <laughs> you never went to see it when it was here? 
No, nope. And I had never listened to it before. I literally had like zero exposure to Hamilton. Um, Have you been to anything at Gamage? Have you ever seen like any not, of the Broadway stuff? Not in a long time. Um, I saw some stuff at Gamage when we were in college, but yeah. no, probably not since, oh, I don't know, maybe 2005 or six. So did you know this about me? Like in the last few years, I saw the Book of Mormon. I saw Hamilton. Uh, I saw some, have you heard of Dear Evan Hansen? I have not. So I would actually, if you can find that on some like, I don't know. I mean, it's a Broadway thing, so you kind of have to see it in person, but somebody probably took an illegal stream. Um, (laughs) Dear Evan Hansen was my favorite out of all of them, and it won awards, too. It was pretty popular. Uh, I tend to like the ones that are not just sing-songy, and Hamilton is all sing-songy, whereas Dear Evan Hansen has some dialogue and some sing-song. Okay. So I've seen all of those. Gosh, is, um, I saw, um, I'm trying to think of what the heck it's called. It's like the Wizard of Oz one, but it's not, oh, Wicked. I saw Wicked. Wicked? Yeah. Okay. So I didn't see that one either. No, those, those are the four that I've seen, and I would rank them Dear Evan Hansen, Wicked, Book of Mormon, and Hamilton actually fourth, but... Mm. I appreciated all of them for different reasons. Just Hamilton was a little tough to follow and too much sing-along, but very, very good and, you know, super talented. What did you think of it? So we actually, we watched it at home this morning um, and we watched it with the closed captioning on Yeah, because I had heard from a lot of people that, like, obviously some of the lyrics, if you haven't listened to the music before you don't pick up on like exactly what they're saying because a lot of it's pretty fast. Um, So we actually watched it with closed captioning, which is something I literally never ever do in movies, (laughs) but I think it really helped to kind of like follow along with the story. I think I wouldn't have gotten as much out of it. um, Understanding wise, if we had just watched it, but I also felt like, you know, you're paying attention to reading words. You kind of lose some of the nuance of like what's actually happening maybe in the corners of the set and some of the lighting changes and stuff like that, that really makes theater as impactful for people as it is. It is. So, uh, you know, I'd, I'd maybe watch it again without the closed captioning, just to kind of experience more of the visual part of it. Um, it was good. I, I don't know. My group of friends, my Island has been really into it. Um, so I feel like it's all we've talked about for a few weeks, like off and on is like, oh, my God, somebody will watch it for the fifth time. And then we talk about it for like an hour. I would um, I would recommend some of those others. I'd be curious to see yeah. what you would think of those, because I had your reaction. Like, I didn't see Hamilton first. I saw Book of Mormon first. Um, and Book of Mormon is very, very funny and raunchy. Um, and Hamilton yeah, it's good. I recognize the talent in it. And it's funny when I saw it at Gamage, they do have they have like screens that have the lyrics rolling as it's going on so that people can try to follow along. Oh, really? That's kind of interesting. Yeah. I don't know if they do that on Broadway, but they were doing yeah. that at Gamage. Um, huh. And and it definitely helped a little. But uh, it was like I said, like my least favorite out of the ones I've seen, but everything I've seen has been a 
an award winner, so it's it's tough to really. I don't know if Wicked won awards. It probably did, but um, yeah, it got me into Broadway, seeing some of the stuff that I did, and I would love to see like Cats and like the Phantom of the Opera at some point, and, mm-hmm. like see some of these things that, like people have talked about, and see like what I think of them. But yeah. Uh, I would give some of those others a run if you can find them and and see what you think. We can trade notes. Yeah, I don't know. I would I would definitely watch them. I think that's probably what is the most interesting part of Hamilton to me is just the impact that it's had on people who are not you know sort of theoretically theater people in their normal lives or people who had never expressed interest in watching a Broadway show before or you know watching a musical or going to live theater of any sort like. It's really interesting to see how I think they did such a good job of making it new and modern and with the cast that it had being as diverse as it is like it brought a new mix of people into considering that as something that they would go see in person or watch you know the movie version or whatever so I think it's it's a really good thing I think it's something that was much needed in diversifying what is traditionally a very stagnant Broadway kind of group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, no doubt. So I don't know. I, I think it's super cool. I think it's, I mean, it was, it was fun to watch and it was probably better than like my normal Saturday morning of like <laughs> four hours of HGTV or criminal minds. Not going to lie. watch a lot of criminal minds reruns. There's nothing wrong um, with like flipper flop or house hunters for like yeah, three or four hours. A, yeah. We watch a lot of those. And then I think, Oh, I want to do more projects to our house. And then, it just it escalates, and then Jason looks at me like, "Stop watching things that are going to make us have more projects." I just want to sit here. Um, yeah, but, you don't even own yeah. that place. Why do you want to do projects there? Because I'm bored, Joe. This is all circling back to previous conversation. I get bored easily. Come work on my house. <laughs> yeah, anytime you uh, you put me to work, I'll I'll be there. I got doors that stick and stuff, and uh, I got. I want to put a screen door on the the front of my house, and I've, I'm paying Home Depot to have somebody come in and do blinds next week. They're they're going to install them. No, oh, that's too fancy. You don't need blinds. Just embrace the idea of walking around your house neighbor or your house naked and letting your neighbor see it. It's fine. Everything's fine. Well, a uh, I would have no problem walking around naked, but if I saw my roommate naked, I would shoot myself. So if, if if I do it, I have to allow him to do it. He already walks around shirtless, which is repulsive. Um, <laughs> and uh, if I Wait, lived, do on, I know this roommate? Uh, no, I don't think so. He worked okay. with me at this station, but not not that guy. No, uh, I see. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean the the blinds is is a good step in the right direction. Nice home improvement project, but I still want to put like a a solid like metal kind of one of those like iron doors on the front and yeah like a security door yeah i want to do that i've i've got i've told you like right when i moved in some of the doors stick and like the house is just old it's shifted so i've got all sorts of stuff that i want to do to it you're free to come over and tinker anytime you want if you're really bored all right i'm gonna take you up on that we're gonna do a project together maybe we can like podcast while project what's this we I said you're free to come over and tinker anytime you want. No, no. You turned it into a we. Do projects at your house without you. Well, I'll be there, 
but I mean, I'm more like a hold the screwdriver kind of guy. All right, that's fair. Okay, I'll provide lunch. Excellent, I'm in. What, um, so you mentioned getting back to work. Um, I, I don't need to know, you know, what company it is. I assume you're still working from home. Um, for the most part, yeah. We do have an office that I am going into for certain meetings and, and sometimes, mm. but yeah, mostly working from home. Yeah, because I know you just, you love the office. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, so, so here's the thing, like I spent, and it, it really took me getting into this job to really go back and think about how long I had been not working, um, at a, a company where I had to go into an office. So it had been about nine time. years. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for nine years, I have worked for myself. I, I own my own business. I just did contract work. And, you know, and a lot of it was full-time contract work, but it was still all remote. It was still, you know, my own clients. And I was still kind of my own boss for the most part. And um, so this has been a different shift for me. But it's, it's good. I really like where I'm at. I like the group that I'm working with. I like what I'm doing. But there's this, you know, even if you like it, there's a, a mental shift in I'm my own boss to like I have a boss or multiple bosses, mm-hmm. um, which it takes some getting used to for a person who spent <laughs> nine years kind of doing Being their own their thing. Own boss, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's been a little more difficult than I envisioned in some ways, but also kind of easier than I thought in some ways. Um, I kind of like the parts where I do go into the office because hmm. you see until people about three o'clock. And then after about three o'clock, I'm like ready to come home and work from home again. I think <laughs> um, I I have realized that I have a limited tolerance for the, you know, just the, the office mentality that, you know, I have to kind of always be on and always be smiley. And, you know, and, and some of that is, you know, you know me well <laughs> enough to know I speak my mind pretty frequently. You do? And, um, people don't always love that about you. Really? So, yeah, yeah. But but for the most part, it's been really good, and and we're doing some really cool stuff that is exciting to be a part of. Man, I'm I'm offended. You should have put me down as a reference, and I could have told them all <laughs> sorts of things about you and the Sarah filter, and it just would have been great. Yeah. No, no. I think they all learned pretty quickly that I don't have a filter at all. So if you ask me a question, you're going to get exactly what I think about it. <laughs> Just be aware of that if you ask me questions. Um, yeah, I was I was pretty blunt and pretty open about that early on, which I think sets the tone for everyone knowing what they got themselves into by bringing me on board. Is there anything from college, any fun memories of hanging out together either at the radio station we worked at then or living together that you would like to bring up? You know, it's funny, this actually just came up mentioning my, my job uh, the other day. We Part of my role in the job, we were doing some recordings of just some screen captures of how our technology works and, and the product um, that we're launching. And someone was in a meeting with me and they're like, oh, you turned on your radio voice for that. And I just kind of laughed because I don't think anyone actually knew that I worked in radio or that that's kind of how you, like, you and I met, obviously, kind of working in radio and um, so it was really funny to have someone who knew nothing about my background be like, oh, your radio voice. And hmm. you know, so it, was, it made me laugh. But I think that's 
that's always one of those things that I always kind of think about on how like you and I became friends or how I met so many people just by like, gosh, what a cool opportunity to just get on the radio and kind of say anything we wanted for the most part. Mm -hmm. And granted, you know, you could listen to the radio station from like a 50 foot radius. It's not like we broadcast a real far distance, but um, (laughs) still pretty cool. So it always makes me laugh when people reference that part of my life and, and don't really know about it. So. Um, but yeah, way back in the day with you and I on our, our own radio show, we were yes. kind of like big stuff. Yeah, you know, we uh, we did. I tell people all the time that, uh, you know, you and I did do a show. I had I had my sports show going on. Um, obviously, I lived with you and another dude senior year. Uh, you've, you've been a big part of my life for uh, coming up on almost 20 years now. Gosh, that's crazy when you put it that way. Yeah, you're kind of old. Yeah, yeah, thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. So are you. <laughs> no, no, I I could not be younger. I, I believe I'm actually, aren't I, uh, are you coming up on a birthday here? Do you have a birthday? I'm older than you. I do have a birthday every year. It happens. Um, no, it isn't it coming? Oh, it was in June. Okay. <laughs> did I wish you a happy one? I think you did, yeah. yeah go I'm going to give you credit for it, even if you didn't. I, I'm sure I did. Do you still have Facebook, or did you delete it? Uh, I still have it. I yeah. use it for some work stuff here and there, and you know, just to see what like other people are saying about me, I guess. But if um, you have it, that oftentimes tips me off to the birthdays, and then I, I might either text or call and and reach out. Yeah. Way. Yeah. Yeah. No, twenty years. That's. It's a long huh. time. We're old people. Yeah, coming up on that. What to, um, so this is your one of your last chances? Any other any other crapola you want to want to get into now? Okay, so so you've been asking me lots of questions. Yeah, the whole point of the questions. podcast is to you know <laughs> just ask whatever the heck you want. I much prefer to you know be surprised and caught off guard. I like it. Go. I, I don't know if this is really going to catch you off guard. I'm but, ready to be caught so, off guard. So tell me, why yeah. me? Why this week? Why did you reach out? Like, what do I bring to your podcast, Joe? Oh, um, well, this is episode big number 32. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, when I think Wait, 30... Wait, is this just like you've run out of other friends? I'm like friend number 32? No, I've put some people on twice. I mean, you're at least like friend like 26. <laughs> um, awesome, I think. Yeah, you moved. See, you moved up six slots like that. Um, no, and, and actually, you're man. You might be in the top twenty because I've done episodes Ooh. on my own too. So uh, I've monologued a lot of these as well. So no, um, I don't know. It's I. There's some weeks where I think, gosh, I want to get in there, and I have this idea that I know I can do thirty minutes or an hour on by myself. Which I know you're sitting there and you're like, good God, like listening to Joe, just listening to Joe monologue for an hour. Yeah. So I'll jot down a few things and I'll just go to it because A, I feel it makes me a better radio talk show host. B, I, I enjoy it. It's kind of like my own version of therapy doing some of that. Um, so I'll do some by myself. Some of them I've talked to my dad and have you ever seen those books in the store called like my mother's story or my father's story? And they're all blank just with questions. Mm, kind of. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So I have one of those books and I'm working through it with my dad 
and also just like kind of randomly bringing up other things and asking other questions. So that's part of the podcast as well. And then um, I read this book and I've talked about it a lot. It's called Strengths Finder. And it helps you like amplify your talents in your life and like turn them into strengths. Okay. Um, and one of mine is like, it's called Learner, is how the book talks about it. And I really like having, you know, one on one conversations with people. So it's not like ranking my friends or anything like that. I haven't talked to, you know, some of my best friends yet, still at this point. Um, but it's just, I started this back in January, and the original idea was I will have people submit me questions and I'll pick them out of a hat. And that lasted about seven episodes, and I got tired of begging people to send me questions. And then it became, I'm going to talk about the random stuff that I find interesting, or just jot random stuff down during the week and bring it up. And you know me, I like to talk about a lot of different stuff. So I would sometimes write some things down, sometimes, you know, like like I started off with you, just talking about, like, phone numbers that you memorize. Like, I knew that you were one of those people where I have your number memorized. So that's a good reason to bring you on. And then, then I start to think, well, what are other things that I would talk with you about? And we just kind of branch out. And just to me, it's a different way to have different conversations with people but still connect with them during the pandemic, even though I started this well before the pandemic. Just, I love learning about my friends. And some of the people who I've put on the podcast are not friends at all. They're just, you know, people who I know. Um, and I just like learning about what makes people tick. So it's, uh, it, it's all of those things kind of combined. But no, you're not friend number 26 or... 32 or 12 or three or, you know, whatever. Um, I just, I felt like the, the numbers memorized thing was honestly the initial idea. And then I just had jotted down a few other things. And obviously we've, we've gotten into some other things since then. And I look at how many people are listening to it and it's cool. Cause I don't, I don't, you know, reach out to people and ask them like, Hey, are you listening? But you know, some people reach out and tell me and it just uh, it gives people something to do during the pandemic for them. It lets them learn more about me. At this point, they're probably sick of hearing me talk about that book or or my weight loss or any number of other things. But I hope that it does expose them to the fact that I do just like learning. And I like knowing about why you want to hike 2,500 miles in, you know, <laughs> half a year and, you know, sharing stories about when we went to school together or, you know, your goofy laugh or us hanging out or me dumping you off the couch or any number of other things. Like, I just, I enjoy those things. They're part of who I am. I like reminiscing and I like to put it out there for other people to hear if they want to check it out. I love it. I love it. So I have a question for you now then. No, you are only allowed one question per episode. Sorry, no, no, you'll, you'll have to like wait two. two you'll have to wait two months to ask your yeah. next question on episode eighty-seven. <laughs> That's ridiculous. What's up? No, okay. So I love 
your description of like why you do this and how you just like to learn things. Yeah. Is there like, what's the one thing you want to learn more about that you like have never either had the time to lurk into or research or like, what's, give me something like Joe wants to know that <laughs> Joe knows nothing about. Oh my goodness. I'm glad you brought this up. Oh, such a big one for me. Honestly, and I don't mean this as a backhanded compliment or a front-handed compliment or anything. One of the biggest drivers, and it would lead to a whole nother podcast, is just women. Uh, <laughs> okay, like you and every other guy out there, but I yeah. like that. I mean, no, that's, I, that's I, insightful. No, but here's how I mean it. I'm a single guy. I, uh, My ex and I broke up a little over a year ago now. Uh, we're still good friends. She's been on the podcast a couple times. Um, and I've, I mean, I'll be honest with you. This is the third episode I've recorded today, and I talked to two guys before you. So it's not, this is nothing that I've ever talked about on this podcast. But I do like to understand people in their relationships and just how people tick. But such a big part of that is, you know, people and either who they're with or who they're not with. And the biggest thing that, that I want to learn that, you know, I I wouldn't say I struggle with it, but I'm just fascinated by it. Um, obviously, you're in a committed relationship, but yeah, just, just women in general. There's, um, there's, you know, one or two out there who I'm kind of pursuing in a roundabout way, but the the pandemic obviously makes all of that incredibly difficult for me. Um, but yeah, no, just, I, I am willing to ask questions and get to know people, but to me, it's, it's not enough for me to ask the questions. I need people who will come on, who will be interesting subjects, who will be vulnerable, who be honest. Like if I ask the best air quotes questions ever, but I put somebody on who's going to give me BS, you know, rote answers, that doesn't do any good. Like, so what I like so much about our friendship is, you know, that, that we'll just be honest with each other. And granted, like, I'm guessing that you may not, I mean, you're authentic. Like everything you said today, I know you mean, but like, we didn't talk like we would have talked on, you know, the radio show that we did in college. We're not having that kind of conversation. <laughs> Um, I mean, we could, but it'd be a whole different kind of show. We sure could. I'd be open to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, so what am I interested in? Just learning about people. And obviously, someday I want to get married. Um, but it's not like I just want to marry, you know, some rando whoever. Like, I want to marry somebody. Yeah, like, I encourage you to not marry random people. That's weird. <laughs> well, you know, when I, uh, what, what, what were they called? Uh, trail buds? <laughs> 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 yes, don't get a tramily full of random women that you marry. That's that's not the way to go about it. Um, no, so I uh, I want to. Uh, it's super cliche to say like I want to marry my best friend. It, I don't mean yeah. it like that, but I do want to. You know what I? I'll put this out there: vulnerable Joe moment, like. What I loved about my relationship when I was in it for three years was I felt really, really close with my ex, and I felt like I could tell her anything, and we just hit it off really well. And that is what I love about any relationship, and I want to get back to that point. Um, I don't know when that will be, but I, I value connection and closeness in that way. 
Um, and, you know, this podcast is kind of fulfilling that void right now, whether it's, you know, with a dude friend or a lady. Like, it's not like I'm putting ladies on who... <laughs> you can't say it with that tone of voice. No, that was creepy. I did. I did say it with that tone yeah, of voice. Yeah, no, no, that was really weird. That's okay. Um, no, so I'm not putting on ladies who I want to date or anything necessarily, but uh, as if people are like now frantically like, oh my goodness, who has he put on? Does he want to date all these girls? Like, no. <laughs> like frantically going back through show notes and like, wait, who did he have on before? Yeah, no, so... I definitely didn't put you on under that pretense. I know you're in a relationship and many of the others, it's like, I just like to learn about people and what makes them tick. But yeah, no, that is, that is certainly one thing that, that I, you know, I would love to learn more about is just, you know, women and, you know, what makes you guys the fascinating creatures you are? Like, so I I don't know if that was enough of an answer for you, but that was as honest and vulnerable as I could be. Um, no, so yeah, I mean I've I've kicked around this idea with a buddy of mine. I have this great podcast idea and I'm going to put it out here. But if anybody steals this idea or if if anyone already does it, I'd love to know. One of my ideas was to go on dates, either virtual or otherwise, and then afterwards get the women to come on the podcast and talk about it. And they could either say what they Loved about the date, hated about it. I just want them to be honest. And my fear is that too many people would come on and they re- wouldn't really know me. I mean, after one date, how much do you really know someone? And how weird would some lady think like, what, he wants me to come on his podcast? And then would they really be open and vulnerable and say like, yeah, you sucked at kissing or, you know, you picked a terrible place to go to dinner. But I would love to do that. I feel like I'm going to burst your bubble on this. I think MTV had this whole television show that was exactly that premise. Really? Like for years. I'm pretty sure it was MTV. Real world? It feels like a, no, not real world. I'm going to have to look it up now now that I've told you that. But I've seen this happen before. But I love the idea of doing it as a podcast. And I love the idea of you hosting it. I think it's brilliant. (laughs) But here's the entertaining. But here's the problem. Like, again, to the heart of what I was getting at with you, like, if your subject isn't open and vulnerable, how good is it really going to be? Like, so I you could... feel like people are more open and vulnerable now with the idea of, like, dating during a pandemic being so awkward and, like, weird anyway? Like, maybe we're already embracing that uncomfortableness and we're already there and in it and, and maybe this is the time to do that. Well... I, I love that you think that, and <laughs> I would, uh, and I really think you're just like, man, now I might listen to Joe's podcast if he puts you know, women on who he goes on dates with so that so that I can hear them talk about Joe and actually learn some more about him. But um, no, I just, my fear would be that they would be super nervous, and I never want them to feel awkward and I don't want it to become like this session of like yeah well you were boring that's why uh that's why we're not going to go out on a date anymore like I don't want it to become like just us taking shots back and forth or her yeah. feeling like she can't say something and take a shot at me like look if I was willing to do that podcast which I am I'm 100% vulnerable you can say anything about me but um you know I uh I don't know I 
I think it's a pretty good idea for a podcast. I'm sure somebody's done something similar or is. Um, so there's somebody who I follow on Instagram. Her name is Serena Kerrigan. And she did this show on Instagram called Let's Fucking Date. Have you heard of this at okay. all? I have not. So she would go on virtual dates with people. She lived in New York. So, you know, when the city was fairly closed down and I think she used to work at Refinery29 and she's like an influencer. She's pretty popular. I I loosely kind of got that idea from her, but this would be different. I mean, she wasn't then interviewing her subjects after the dates so much. And I mean, she's a girl. I'm a guy. It's totally different. She was going out with all dudes. I'd be going out with all chicks. I don't know. Um, That's just an idea that I had that I would love to make happen, but you know me, um, I tend to put too much on my plate, and I actually feel like I've been responsible responsible about that lately, where, you know, I'm on the weight loss journey, I'm working hard, reading at night, like, do I have time for someone? Ooh, what have you been reading lately? <laughs> um, A Good Walk Spoiled was the last book that I finished by John Feinstein. I actually just had uh, somebody else on the podcast. I read their book. It was one of my former interns. His name is Scott Rubenstein, and he wrote a book that is geared towards young adults about um, networking, and I read his book, and... um, I'm trying to give you the exact title of it because it doesn't just roll off the tongue. Um, So I read that. Uh, I read a book by one of Hugh Hefner's exes, Down the Rabbit Hole. Okay. Um, You know me. I'm random. I read a lot of different stuff. You are so random with stuff. I love it. Matthew Berry's A Fantasy Life. Do you know who Matthew Berry is? I don't. He's a big uh, fantasy football guy. So I read his fantasy football book. Um, the My former intern, his name is Scott, like I said, Create Your Community, A Young Adult's Guide to Successful Networking. Um, his book is the one that I read. Um, gosh, what else? Uh, I read The Audacity of Hope by Barack Obama. Um, I just a lot of different stuff. Um, a book by Bill Frieder, who coached at ASU and coached the U of M in basketball. Um, okay. A lot of random different things. Um, that Strengths Finder book I read. Um, the Thank You Economy was one of my favorites. It talks about like workplace culture and, you know, getting people to be loyal to your brand and also like how to get the most out of your employees. I really like that. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to do two a month right now. And so far, so good. Right now I'm reading this book called The War Room. It's about the New England Patriots and their front office culture and kind of how they replaced players year to year. And it gives you an inside look at, um, some of their front office staff. Super interesting. Yeah. You are so varied in your interests. It's always fascinating to me to see the variety of stuff that you're reading or that you're listening to. Yeah. Um, so listening to podcasts, I don't, I haven't really done the audiobook thing, but yeah, no, I like to pick up a lot of different stuff and, 
and give it a go to read it. I just mostly like biographies, autobiographies, and like all sorts of random different things. Not a lot of like sci-fi or mystery or stuff like that. Like I've got the first Hunger Games book and I want to read that, but it's rare that I pick up books like that and really get into those. Usually it's more like autobiographies, like people in their real lives kind of fascinate me. People are fascinating. Like I think anything with real people, like there's just a different level of authenticity to it of like, oh, I can see myself in that versus like a fantasy book where you're like, oh, that's that's never going to be me. Yeah. I mean, like seriously, like that's the big part of why I do this. Like I love hearing people and just chatting with them and finding out what makes them tick. So, yeah. Um, if, if you know anybody who is uh, hot and wants to go on a date, I'm, uh, I'm happy to do it. And they could be episode one. Um, what are we on here? You're 32. They would be episode 33. Like, I don't think I'd create a whole new podcast. I'd just weave it into this. And uh, I think people would get a kick out of it. But uh, but I admit that it could be a, a train wreck. And <laughs> but people I like, like it. I, I like how we can bring it full circle to how we first met each other and our first show together. Like, I'm in. I'll, I'll help you on that. I knew you long before we did that show, though. Not long, I guess, but I knew Not you long. at least a year or so, right? Uh, yeah, probably about a year, year and a half. Yeah, I mean, that's long. It's not like I met you doing radio. I mean, I was the sports director and you did promotions. I mean, we didn't just, you didn't like pluck me out of the crowd and say, hey, come do this show with me. No, I did not. That is true. So, do you talk to uh, anybody else from the radio station at all ever? Certainly nobody else who you did shows with, right? No. You know, I'm I'm not good at keeping in touch with people. It's <laughs> a bad thing. Like, I could be so much better. Um, no, I, I unfortunately just don't have an opportunity to really, like, stay close with a lot of those people from, from that time of our lives. But um, I, I talk to a few of them every once in a while. Do you? Yeah. You sound so about it. Oh, yeah. No, I just mean, like, not as much as I probably should. Like, I feel like a bad friend. I'm like, oh, we were so close for so long, and then it's been 15 years, and, you know, everybody gets busy, and you just kind of, like, most of my friends from that time of life all had children. So there's a lot of, like, kid stuff that, you know, is big in their life and obviously isn't for me. So um, I I (laughs) could do a better job, certainly, in staying in touch with everybody. Well, I would tell you if you want to talk to them, hit them up, ask them what's going on. And if you don't, you know, then, you know, make it your priority to, you know, be tight with your current friend group. You mentioned, you know, two or three couples that you still hang out and see, like, you know, just make sure to keep them close. Yeah. Yeah. One of them, uh, one set of couples uh, just had a baby two days ago. So we've got a whole week. We've introduced a little burrito Yay. to the mix, and, oh. and we're going to have a little baby in the island. Aren't you just so excited about that? You know, babies are traditionally not my thing. Um, <laughs> uh, I am I'm not great with children, hmm. um, but they're going to be super fun when they grow up to be like 20. <laughs> oh, you're fantastic. Well, thank you, Joe. Anything else you uh, you want to uh, you want to know? No, I feel like now I'm going to have to start listening to your podcast. I'm super excited to see what happens after this week. 
I uh, like I said, I've I've thought about doing the date thing. I just it's how much of me like you know think to a time when you're single. Like how much of me do I really want to put out there for everybody? Like do I want to be that vulnerable where I will not just a be super vulnerable going on dates, but now I'm going to allow my friends to essentially be a part of that as well and you know expose women to that like do they want to be a part of that or is it something that would just amuse like two dozen of my friends and then I just become you know the butt of the joke or the a-hole or who knows what they would think yeah you know I think you got to give women credit for either participating or choosing to not have that be part of them and I think there's a lot of women out there that you know i if I were in, you know, a, a situation where I was single and dating again, mm-hmm. like I think being so open and so available to criticism or, you know, really knowing what people think early on in a relationship can really change how quickly you get to feel intimate and familiar with a person to that point where you are super comfortable. Like you said, where like you could tell that person anything and, you know, it's we're also maybe hesitant in the beginning to show our real selves because you think, well, I don't want to overwhelm this person or I don't want to be that weirdo who has these like, you know, they're really into reading a lot of books or, you know, we think hey. that's nerdy or whatever. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I think, you know, we're also guarded when you start a relationship. And if we could all kind of get past that and get to the stage where we're just our true authentic selves yeah. with another human, it's such an amazing experience. And you know, I would I would definitely encourage you to try it if you think this is like an idea that that would be cool. Like, see what happens. Don't yeah. be afraid to just like throw it out there, and maybe it backfires. Or maybe you're like, "Ee, that was a terrible idea." But <laughs> you know, maybe you get an awesome opportunity to meet the person who wants to embrace that kind of thing the same way that you do. Yeah, I mean, you've been one of my favorite people to talk about on here because I know I can just go back and forth, and we do have a comfortable dynamic. My fear is that that person who doesn't know me is going to think that I'm setting them up to to embarrass them. And I hate that awkward like dating stage where, you know, you don't know somebody. And and I understand how tough it is where they would feel like I had home court advantage and I'm just, you know, totally doing my thing. And, you know, they're off to, you know, feel super vulnerable. I don't know. I uh, I think about it a lot. And. And I do want to make it happen. I just don't know quite what the next step would be. I mean, ultimately, I guess the next way. step would be to just do it. Just do it. Yeah. You and I have known each other long enough. If you were the kind of guy who was like, hey, I've got some salacious podcast tidbits here. You've got plenty of stuff that you could have said today to embarrass me. And you chose not to because you're a good guy. So that's your, <laughs> that's your endorsement for me to any potential woman on this new podcast of yours. You're a good guy. You don't do stuff like that. I think you trust me well enough <laughs> from the time that you've known me that, like, if I, I wouldn't bring you on here and do that. Nope, you wouldn't. You would dump me on the floor off of the couch. Yes. But yes, I'll I would. you for that. Yes. It, it, it was still <laughs> funny at times when I would do it. And you would laugh. And then there were times where you would not laugh, and I probably injured you a time or two because I can't. I think. Go ahead. 
I probably deserved it for how many times I would promise you I would help you study for something. Hmm. And then I would fall asleep in the middle of it. Hmm. And you'd ask me a question. I'm like, Joe hates baseball. Yes. And I would be so asleep and so not helpful whatsoever. Hmm. And you get so frustrated with me. Uh, um, so I probably deserved every time you dumped me on the floor. I don't know. I mean, I I did okay in school. You did okay in school. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, I, I think back and I feel a little bit bad about some of the times I did that. But then some other times were kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. We're all good about that. All right. We're going to say bye-bye here. And uh, if, I, uh, if I figure out... so. Let me probe your brain real quick on just a couple things here. So I need full woman out of you right now, okay? Ooh, okay. Okay. So I guess my big question is, so do I tell the person who I potentially, let's say I go on Hinge or Bumble or whatever, and- On what? They're dating apps. This is where the people (laughs) meet these days. You didn't know this? Oh, I see. No, I'm not. Hinge? Is that the first one you said? Hinge, yes. Or Bumble is another big I've one. I've heard of Bumble. I've yeah. never heard of Hinge. Yeah. Sorry, no. I've been out of the game too long, I guess. <laughs> you, you sounded really old there. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Huh? Phones? <laughs> that felt really old. The, they go with people now? You don't just plug them into the wall? <laughs> yeah. No, no, that felt old. So let's say that I'm, I find somebody who I'm interested in going out on a date. Do I tell them before the date, hey, I have this podcast and I would like to talk to you afterwards? Or do we have... 100%. Okay, so I don't go out on the date and then say, hey, would you be open to coming on an episode of my podcast with me? No, I think you've got to be upfront about this one. Like, maybe not like lead with that as your first thing. Like, maybe go with like, hey, I'm Joe. I like long walks on the beach, whatever. I do like long walks on the beach. (laughs) There you go. Uh. The sand. Yeah, like, like pre-date, I feel like you got to be like, hey, here's this thing. Like, I, I want to legitimately like go on a date with you. This is not just a show setup. No, not at all. Here's this thing. I want to like, you know, be out there and open with people. And here's what I'm doing. And if you're cool with it, cool. If not, like, let's still go on a date. But like. No, if not, you know. hit the bricks, sister. I'm not going out with you, ugly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that's not your best approach oh, but okay. it's, it's an approach oh okay so no see this is important because my guy brain kind of thought like go on the date first and see how it goes and then do it but you're saying bad idea yeah no i but i why do, why do you, like i hate surprises yeah, like, i why don't do you, like why do, why do you think that like like then the person would just feel like i wasn't honest up front yeah, because I think I would want to go into it knowing, like, where your mind is at. And if I know afterwards that, like, this whole time you've been like, oh, would she be good on my podcast or not? Like, then it kind of throws off the whole scenario, the whole date, the whole everything you talk about during it. So I think you got to be, like, op- upfront about it. Like, be open and honest. Like, hey, this is this thing that I'm trying out. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think you just, you got to throw the whole story out there okay. to begin with. All right. But again, I hate surprises. I like I don't want to ever be surprised by anything. Jason hates it. Like he loves to surprise me and I get really upset at surprises because I like to kind of be in control of things. Hmm. Um so, you know, take my opinion with a grain of salt. Perhaps a surprise ask I asked you to come on know. this. <laughs> it was kind of a surprise, but you gave me warning. You didn't just call and be like, Hey, I have you're on the air. I have Are done that with that? some people. <laughs> 
Lexi, and you know me well enough to know not to do that. Uh, no, honestly, I mean, I've done it with a bunch of people. I I could have. I mean, you probably would have been like, huh? What? What? What, what do you want? No, I don't have an hour <laughs> for you. I have three minutes. Go. I'm going to Ikea. <laughs> it would have been a really, really short podcast. <laughs> yeah, those are the worst. Uh, okay. Um, I appreciate the feedback. That was most helpful. And I look forward to seeing you in like 2024 when this whole thing ends. Dude, don't even get me started. Like, it can't go that long. We're all going to go absolutely crazy if it takes that long. Well, um, I I don't know when it's going to end, but uh, if it goes on a while, I'll put you back on the podcast. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm open to, like, a socially distant walk or uh, a uh, stroll through the park or uh, phone calls. What, whatever we can do, I, uh, I hope you know you're my friend. For sure. It'll be good to see you again soon, buddy. How is my good friend Coconut doing? Uh, she's been here for the whole podcast. She's actually sitting right next to me. Um, she's, she's good. Let let her know she, uh, she is good. I appreciate the times when I get to watch her once in a while. She's very <laughs> well behaved. Yeah, I think she's been missing out on me traveling as much as I did last year because she got to see you. She got to see some of my other friends that would stop by and take care of her while I was out of town. And now she's just stuck with us. Yeah. So. I think she's missing um, pre-COVID days of travel just as much as we are. All right, Killer. You have a good rest of your afternoon. You too. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.